Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown. I am Kevin Lieber. With me, as always, is Matthew Tabor. Happy New Year. It is 2020. We are officially in the future. Although I think, I feel like every year after the year 2000 for us boomers has, has been the future. And every year we're like, still no flying cars. Every year is a new millennium. That's how it works. <laughs> So normally, you know, obviously this podcast is is centralized on YouTube. However, this is going to be a Twitter discussion because some things a happened. Bit, yeah, some things happened last week. Uh, one of which was this new guy comic that exploded and was trending out of nowhere that uh, Oni tweeted, and we'll we'll get into at least what I think is fascinating about that. You know, I reached out to Oni and he was excited to come onto the podcast, but he's actually traveling right now and uh, couldn't make it work yet but we'll have him on soon and and I'll I'm sure that we'll be able to ask him a few questions about the new guy situation but first we need to get into Matt your new best friend Kathy and this very bizarre debacle that occurred uh recently regarding this woman in the UK who thinks that you are the devil essentially we need to talk about Kathy yeah. Yeah, that's all I could think is is after all of this went down, just we need to talk about Kathy. Um so it's it's tough to know where to start, okay? Uh and anybody who's followed along on my account or the Create Unknown account or yours on Twitter, I mean, because you you threw a tweet or two <laughs> into the mix as well, um probably saw this this happen about a week ago. It was one of those nothing situations that escalated into something crazy, something truly kind of nuts. Uh, and the two things that, that you need to know as background, there are only two things, okay? And uh, one of them is that before YouTube, because the world did exist, even the internet existed before YouTube, which I'm not sure everybody remembers. <laughs> uh, but before that, most of the work that I did was in uh, education policy and things about teaching and just generally education stuff. So going back years and years ago, I have a network of people who I still follow, uh, who are all over the world, who who do things like policy and curriculum. And, and sometimes they're just classroom teachers who talk about uh, what they do and what works and what doesn't and funny stories about school days and this and that. And I really like all these people. The other thing that you need to know is that going back about 20 years, I have kind of a loose association with the United Kingdom. I've spent a bunch of time there. I did a little bit of work there. Uh, so I follow a lot of UK people as well. So there's like this Venn diagram thing, right, where you get some UK people and education people and you get UK education people. All right. So this one guy tweets uh, a thread. He was having a discussion with somebody else about some some school thing i don't even remember what it was okay uh, and i only i only scrolled down to get the gist of 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 the thing because he says uh, something like can anybody make sense of of this conversation well that's intriguing enough for me to waste 10 minutes on so i click it and i look at the exchange and i honestly don't know what the other guy my my non-friend uh, and I say friend loosely, like I've never met the guy who I've been following. I've just followed his 
website and social accounts for like 10 or 12 years. And he's okay? suddenly being criticized by somebody else in a really incoherent way and is asking somebody else to kind of translate basically what the criticisms are. Is that is Yeah, that- he was kind of saying this is this is nonsense is there something I'm missing here. Well, I scroll down and the other guy's arguments just I couldn't tell what it was about either. And the really important part here is that I'm about to admit error on my end for the only time in this episode, for the only time in this entire conversation about the incident. Okay. Mm -hmm. I replied to that and said something uh, like uh, Paul was the name of the guy who, who was putting the, the odd conversation out. That was very tough to follow. I said, I can't tell if Paul needs to go on medication or off. All right. That was probably an insensitive thing to say in the current climate. All right. It it wasn't ultimately the rudest thing in the world to say, but it was a throwaway banter kind of lighthearted response saying, yeah, this guy's all over the place. But I understand that some people would be, you know, they really think that all things like that are off limits, but it's not like I was saying check out this guy with a mental health problem. Like, no, 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 absolutely not. That's crazy. Uh, it was just a, a dumb throwaway comment. Well, out of nowhere, this woman appears, and she says that constituted a mental health slur. So I don't know this woman at all, and, and she's, you know, um, I guess she's active in education debates and this and that. I, I don't know. I have no idea and I kind of don't want to know, right? You know, I, I ignored that part for about two minutes. Uh, so she's saying she's saying yeah. that your throwaway joke of this person being incoherent and saying whether or not this person should be on medication or off it was a mental <laughs> health slur. That's right. Okay. That's right. And I don't think anything of it because you get responses to tweets all the time uh, that are like that from people you've never heard of. And uh, if they're critical, whatever, you just move on. Like, who cares? Yeah. But I mean, you could be on some sort of medication that is interrupting the coherence of your thought processes that has nothing to do with mental health. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could be on any number of medications that are causing you to communicate incoherently. And that has literally nothing to do with mental health. So she made like quite a leap in my estimation on a couple of levels, attacking and, and, and accusing you of creating a very specific thing, which is a mental health slur. Like she connected a lot of dots just by going there to begin with. Yeah, she had a few leaps in a couple of those dot connections. And the way I was thinking about it is I could have just as easily tweeted, I can't tell whether Paul needs uh, another cup of coffee or to start drinking coffee. You know, it's that same thing. Like right. you talk about the incoherence like that. I've had that a million times from, uh, you know, stupid things like taking Tylenol, like if, if or, pain or is bothering me. Benadryl. Like you could be on Benadryl <laughs> and you're like drowsy and like, you know, you're like tweeting drowsy, like has nothing to do with mental health problems. Yeah. And just, just this morning, you know, like we delayed this recording because, you know, I was like, Hey, I need an hour to 
slam gamer fuel and coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Otherwise, need, I'm going to be incoherent. Yeah, you need some sips of your boomer juice, your monster zero. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, nothing's happening there. Two minutes later, it pops up. Uh, I, you know, I get more of a reply in the question. And I, I'm sorry that I have to paraphrase a lot of these. Uh, obviously, in this saga, I was blocked very early, so I don't have access to a lot of these tweets, but other people are seeing them. And this is the important part. This is really where it begins. Uh, so she asks me something like, uh, or no, tells me to demands that I apologize for this mental health slur. And I just replied with no. Uh, and then she asked me if I was an adult. And I replied with no. Uh, and <laughs> like, I'm trying to lighten the mood to reinforce the fact that this was a really stupid nothing of a Twitter reply in the first place. I don't know this guy, Paul. He seems like a decent guy. Um, I don't know anything about him. I have no motivation for getting on his case. I don't care. You know, nobody does. So she was really not satisfied with no. And this is where it begins to escalate. She says, uh, now I'm doubly paraphrasing because I have to remove the F word. She, she used the F word and called me a D slur. The slur starts with D and it ends in ick. Uh, and she was, um, saying F you, if you're not a psychiatrist, stop saying things like that. Uh, <laughs> what? If you're not a psychiatrist, yeah. Even a psychiatrist would never diagnose a random person over Twitter. That would be completely against yeah. like any sort of best practices or regulation or it would be illegal. I don't, you, you can't. Oh, yeah. It's can't, unethical. It's completely unethical. That's the word I was looking for. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. So even that is like a bizarre thing to think. And I never would have said anything like that. If there there was like an actual problem that was coming through the tweets, the guy's thing just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But you don't look at it and think, whoa, that guy's got something going on. He's in trouble today. It wasn't so wildly incoherent that you'd look at it and and know that something is up. It, it was just just kind of a bad, bad progression of an argument, you know, so. I'm, I'm reinforcing that this is just a useless nothing of a thing. But then when she like completely attacks me, it, you know, it, it kind of bothers me a bit uh, at that point. I'm just thinking this woman like needs to leave me alone. And I'm not a proponent at all of blocking anybody. I don't think I don't know if I've ever blocked anybody on on Twitter. Have you? Are you a, are you a blocker, Kevin? I don't think I've I don't think I've blocked anyone. I think I, I have muted I'll mute all day long, uh, but I don't think that I have mm -hmm. I have blocked anyone. No, but I also, you know, yeah. we've talked to people like, you know, Justine, who has mm -hmm. like very scary people who you know right. tweet them every single day. Um, I've never run into a situation like that, so I've been lucky in a lot of ways where like, <laughs> there aren't too many crazies coming after. You know, Vsauce 2. Sure. And I block, I, I was thinking about the frequency on all of this. And uh, I blocked a few people on Facebook, but it's been because of individual, like really crazy kind of harassment. And Facebook is so different because you are uh, like your family and friends and things like that are seeing the comments on your posts and the replies to things. And sometimes somebody's just got to go. You know, Twitter is not like that. I don't think. 
you know, a handful of, of friends out of the thousands of followers are, are people, you know, I, I would, I would call like friends in the community, you know, like people I'm going to potentially see when I go to the grocery store or, uh, like maybe one or two family members mm-hmm. follow me on Twitter. Like it's just a different platform to me. So I have no, no reason to block anybody. So I'm not going to block this woman, Kathy. So uh, if she's, if she's going to be rough to me for no reason, you know, I'll, I'll just hit this back and, and kill a little bit of time. So I, I start to kind of insult her. All right. Uh, just for being crazy about this, uh, for really blowing it out of proportion. Um, and I, I, I'm trying to recall what, what the first thing was, uh, but it was, you know, just, just kind of rude stuff, but nothing that, that hits, for example, any category that's going to get you suspended on Twitter. Like you, you never make fun of somebody for being a man or a woman, or you never make fun of them for being black or white or anything else. Like not only are these things just not funny, like it's it's virtually impossible to pull off a joke in that category that's actually something that makes people laugh, uh, but it's against the terms of service too. Like this is going to get you at least temporarily suspended. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. So, you know, you you pretty much make fun of somebody for being a boomer and, and you know, that's that. Uh, but I notice in her profile, she's from, um, uh, she was from Norwich in in England. Uh, and this, <laughs> her, her, uh, title shows that she's an extreme, extremely loyal supporter of the labor party in England. Something like I'll always vote labor in that. So I, I replied and said, Hey, Kathy, I'm, I'm actually running for city councilor in, in Norwich on the <laughs> labor ticket. <laughs> Am I guaranteed to have your vote? Thinking, Every like the the more obviously dumb I I make this, the more it's going to reinforce that there's no problem here. That this is all a stupid joke. My strategy completely fails on that. As absurd as I try to take it, it it actually doesn't work. So she so, tags, so so her yeah. her title is saying she'll only vote for the Labour Party, and and your response yeah. to her is, "Hey, I am actually running for uh, something on the <laughs> Labour Party ticket. Will you vote for me?" Which, yeah, right. as you say, is like so ridiculous that obviously yeah. it would diffuse the situation, and she would guess she would understand that you're just kind of joking around about this whole thing. But instead, yeah. she takes that hyper literally. As she takes everything hyper literally in this whole exchange, yes. which is why it just snowballs. Yes, and it never occurred to me that she would take that seriously because uh, you can you can click my name and see in my bio that I'm from the United States. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm not hiding anything here. There, I'm not masquerading as as a, a, a Brit bong here to uh, uh, you know sneak into a city council seat. Uh, everything is, is just bizarre about this, but she takes it seriously. She tags actual city councilors in Norwich, uh, who, who are labor city councilors as well and says, you know, take note of this. Is this true? This man is unfit to run for office. (laughs) 
So she's running to the the principal of the school, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and telling on you <laughs> yeah. for something that's like completely made up and ridiculous. When when I don't even go to that school. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not even in the same country. <laughs> when I graduated like 20 years ago. <laughs> I I double down, you know, like at that point I'm I'm quote tweeting her stuff and and you know just kind of continuing to make fun of her on on the boomer side. Um then something happens. Something something magical and something terrifying happens. Now, for the people who aren't on Twitter, <laughs> you need to know that one of one of the biggest lottery wins that you can have in the Twitterverse is a retweet from Justin Wang. And if you don't know Wang, W-H-A-N-G, search him on Twitter or on uh, YouTube and, and watch some of his videos. He's, <laughs> he's one of the most entertaining people ever, ever. And his his Twitter account is awesome. He just he tweets a lot of really absurd stuff. Um everything is is pretty much and he's not a, taken seriously he's a liberal uh retweeter like he'll retweet a lot but they're yeah. always good they're always, always good every single time he retweets something it's something that, <laughs> that you do want to see which is a weird superpower that he has it is and the other thing that's awesome about wang is that when something pops in my feed I see it and I know it's a Wang retweet even before I see that it came from Wang. Like it's yeah. such a defined style. Like I absolutely know. Well, it, it just it just starts getting kind of kind of nutty and he retweets one of those things. At that point, everything changes because Wang's fan base is prolific and they love to have a good time on Twitter. So you're throwing this obvious boomer who's flying off the handle and clearly doesn't get what's going on to a, a, a pretty big digital pack of wolves. But the way that he retweeted it was by playing along with the whole thing and pretending to be <laughs> on Kathy's side and, and, and basically yes. saying that you are a terrible person. Yes. So by that time, right before the Wang retweet, she had said, uh, I've reported you. She's getting her followers to report me for hate and abuse. Again, there's no hate. There's no abuse. There's just making fun of a boomer. Um, but she's coordinating a reporting campaign against me, which is against the Twitter terms of service, by the way. Uh, you can't you can't do that. But obviously she doesn't get that. So he retweets her call to report me <laughs> with get his ass, Kathy. <laughs> right, right. That's what it was. Yeah, he's supporting Kathy's campaign uh, to get you banned. <laughs> at that point, too, there's a knock on my door, like my physical door. Ben W., who if you're in the Discord server, you know Ben. Um, ben helps out with a bunch of things with the show, and he moderates the Discord, set up the Discord, is – uh, kind of the kingpin of of that realm of the create unknown and the well, Minecraft too, right? House, yeah. And the Minecraft, yeah, yeah. He ran the Minecraft tournament, which there's going to be another one of those, by the way. The first one was awesome, uh, and we shot out a bunch of uh, award prizes uh, for that. Um, but uh, yeah, Ben pops over to to help me with a couple things here at my actual house, 
and, and he walks in and because he'd been coming over here, whatever, uh, I knew that he hadn't seen any of this. So like I'm giving him the cliff notes version, catching him up to speed about why I'm like doubled over in pain laughing at, at Twitter. Um, and then the Wang retweet happens and it, it blows up, you know, in the five minutes it takes me to explain to Ben about what's going on. The tweet has like 400 likes. I mean, it was, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, it, this is, this is kind of awesome, but I, I think I know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, because more people are joining in on the joke that she does not understand at all, no. even a little bit. No, she does not understand this. And uh, Wang and I have a bunch of people in common, you know, a bunch of mutual mutual friends on Twitter and stuff like that. And so those people start seeing this spat and, you know, they're reading the back and forth and this and that. And they start on the fake support thing too. Uh, Staffo, who's made some thumbnails uh, for uh, a lot of videos that, that you may have seen. He's made a couple of Vsauce 2 thumbnails, which were awesome. He's extremely talented. Um, Staffo says something like, thanks for reporting him. Uh, the other night he curb stomped my nan. the other night he curb stomped my nan and and again this does not tip her off that something like that she is part of a joke no uh at no point does it register to her that that this is just not serious at all um even though that's that that's pretty crazy. You think if a grandmother had been curb stomped, it, it would at least make national news in England. Although Staffos, uh, you know, he's he's nearby. Um, but uh, John Swan, who he's also extremely talented editor, YouTuber, he just did a Minecraft documentary, which is is pretty amazing. I don't know if you've seen that yet, but that's really really good. So John Swan says something about how uh, it's great that I've been reported because I'm a monster and I swindled him out of six thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so you will brutally uh, beat uh, grandmothers, steal yes. people's money, yes, um, and apparently uh, just dole out mental health slurs left and right on Twitter. Yes. And the people who I don't know who are coming in from the Wang retweet are making similar claims. Right. You know, they're, they're saying like this, this monster, this abuser needs to – uh, come, you know, be brought to justice. Um, this is a plague on Twitter. We're finally getting him. <laughs> no, and none of these people, <laughs> none of these people <laughs> know me. Absolutely none of them know Kathy because I didn't even know Kathy. Um, it, it's just not to mention this, the fact that all you have to do on. is click on your Twitter feed and scroll down for three minutes and. Get yeah. like paint a picture of you not being <laughs> this horrendous, abusive, crazy person. Like there's no like you could the evidence is there. It would yes. literally take two minutes to just go through your feed and understand. I mean, click on Vsauce 2. What is Vsauce 2? Oh, this educational, like completely positive, like math focused, very big, <laughs> popular <laughs> YouTube channel that you know you write for. Uh, clearly, that's not a terrible thing. 
No. And whereas we can debate how how good our service has been to the internet and the world, I don't know what our obituaries are going to be like. The one thing I do know is that we really haven't done a whole lot of harm. Like, uh, <laughs> no, but but I should mention that she did block Vsauce 2, the, 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 the Vsauce 2 Twitter account, just because of its association with you. Right. And uh, the Create Unknown as she well. She blocked as well. The Create Unknown, she blocked. She yeah. blocked everything because you are the worst person in the world. That's right. That's right. And that proves, though, that she went to my bio because you only get those links when when you've clicked on my name and, and looked at the bio. Mm-hmm. So uh, somehow in that bio, which on Twitter is really sparse, there's there's like two lines to it and then location. And I think you can show a birthday. Is that? Yeah. Some you, people do. Some people do. You don't have to. But yeah, that's about it. Other than that and, and your name. And a website like your, link. Your, Right, right, right. You can put a link in and then you've got the the Twitter name. That's it. So this takes up like a postage stamps worth of real estate on your screen. That's all that's there. And she still doesn't realize that I'm I'm from the US, even though it's listed yeah. right there. Um, she starts corresponding with these people making wild claims about about abuse and harassment and, and supporting supporting the fake supporters of her. <laughs> so I'm in a Twitter chat with a bunch of a bunch of YouTube people who who include guys like like John Swan uh, and Staffo and Zalgalu, who produces and and has produced and edited uh, the Create Unknown here for about a month. Uh, he's done a, a, an awesome job with that. And <laughs> in this this Twitter chat, uh, Zalgalu, I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Which you get the um, you get the the beauty of listening to a, a thing that you're editing and then finding out that you're in it. So congratulations. Um, so Zalgalu invites her or adds her to this group chat with all the with a bunch of people who have fake uh, fake supported her and fake accused me. So all of a sudden, I see in the feed, Kathy has been added to the chat, and I'm I'm just like, oh god, oh god. Uh, so the first thing I say is, Kathy, are you coming to VidCon London? Cause I, I don't know what to say, uh, at that point. And I'm thinking I, I should have realized that being absurd at this point is just not going to resonate. No, but it was the same mindset as before where the more ridiculous the response or the question can be, the more obvious it is that this is, is not a real thing. Uh, that failed. That failed pretty badly. And she goes back on Twitter and says that uh, that John Swan, who didn't even <laughs> poor John Swan, didn't even add her to the chat, <laughs> but he got blamed for um, for doing that, for throwing her into a chat with 50 men and her abuser, meaning me. Mm. Now, and and it, you inviting her someplace so that she could so that you could, you know, kill her and or something. Well, I'm not I, – I actually do watch a whole lot of, of uh, British TV and 90% of what I watch is crime and mystery stuff going back decades. And I have never seen a plot line in one of those shows where where the way to do it is to invite somebody to an event with like 10,000 people in public. A gigantic conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also broadcast it. To lots of people so they know and Pu- tell publicly. them in advance. Publicly, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> where it's saved forever <laughs> on a, in a Twitter DM. Uh, but so, she so continues to take that seriously. What yeah. what is what? I think there are a couple of takeaways. But but wh- where does this all lead to? Like where does it wrap up? Because it's kind of over now, okay. right? Well, you'd think it. You'd think it was. Um, but that she took that as as her being like thrown to the abusive wolves, and but she has to realize at that point that some you know some people who are saying fake support stories like stealing six thousand dollars from John Swan, well John John Swan throws him or throws her in that chat, which by the way, you can only add somebody if their DMs are open, and you know you've set it up that way. So if you don't want to be added to a a group chat on Twitter. Lock your stuff down. She doesn't know uh, that. <laughs> she doesn't she, know anything. <laughs> <laughs> By this point, she's exposed herself as being the ultimate boomer, you know. And I haven't seen a boomer boom on Twitter like this in a long, uh, long. She's long <laughs> a sonic boom, a sonic boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I laugh about it, but at the same time, I, at that point, I'm starting to think like this woman is, she's really bothered by this. She's, she's probably like in actual distress. I feel really bad for her. Right. Uh, because she's processing it completely the wrong way and that's twisted and it sucks. But if that's her reality, then there's some stress on her end. Then Wang retweets again, and I, I forget what the second retweet was, but it, it was like uh, the correspondence. It was so ridiculous and funny at that point that, um, you know, it kind of could have been anything. Uh, and that's that's when she really escalates and reports. Re, she reports me, ends up reporting me to the British authorities, to the British police, uh, for for this har- harassment she claims, but making fun of a boomer is not harassment. <laughs> not, <laughs> not getting a joke. <laughs> I'd like to and report there. Yeah. I'd l- like <laughs> to report this jokester <laughs> for having fun at my expense. And I don't get it. <laughs> well, you know, she's one of those uh, prolific tweeters as well. I think at the time that it all started, she had 108,000, retweet or 108,000 tweets wow. on an account that's like two years old. Wow. That's, that's crazy. That is, uh, 150 tweets a day on oh average. Gosh. That's crazy. Cause a hundred, yeah. A hundred a day would be about 300 or, uh, 35,000 a year. So yeah. to get to 108 in, in about two, two to three years, you're looking at over a hundred tweets a day. Wow. Um, that's, that's a, that's a lot of Twitter, you know. Uh, a lot of yeah, Twitter, she, she, while not understanding Twitter, like that's really scary. Yeah, and uh, she seems to be really into politics, so there's a lot of retweeting political articles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably the topic for another show: is uh, how generally uh, the the people who are most concerned about political stuff really don't get a whole lot of basics. Yes. Like, about the <laughs> is world that fair to or say? about yes. <laughs> other people, about society. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So uh, there's kind of that inverse relationship with uh, the more you're tweeting about politics, probably the less you understand the basics. <laughs> <laughs> there, there needs to be a new law developed, uh, yeah. Tabor's law. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, I'm looking at it and thinking, 
because uh, we were talking about this as it was happening and you shot a couple tweets out and whatever. Um, but, but I'm thinking, oh my God, if, you know, there, there's been some, some pursuit of social media stuff in the UK. Uh, the biggest one is probably the Count Dankula uh, thing where his, his dog did his pug. It wasn't a pug. Yeah. Did a, a Nazi salute and he had to go to trial for that. Yeah. He went to trial over, yeah, his his, he taught his pug how to do a Nazi salute and, and posted it on the internet and had to yeah. go to court for that. Yeah. And I have known of people in the UK getting letters from their, uh, their councils, you know, their local councils uh, that, uh, that tell them to appear because of something offensive that they've said on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's absolutely a thing. Now, the UK doesn't have any jurisdiction over, over, you know, it's not Twitter world police. Uh, so there's no harm there with with this situation. But at the same time, I'm thinking, well, if somebody wants to make an issue of this and push it, is Kevin going to have to deal with anything? Like, I do have Vsauce 2 in my bio. Uh, is, is Kevin going to get a letter from some crazy woman uh, or some solicitor uh, that she's gone to or just something being like, hey, this this guy you work with is is uh, whatever it is. I, I can't even think what you'd put in that letter because nothing has happened here. Yeah, is abusing elderly women on the internet. Right, and that was the the thing that I I did make fun of her about was was the age, really that boomer thing, um, <laughs> and throwing in uh, some some uniquely British references. For example, you have to. How can you not make fun of somebody when national dishes include spotted dick and toad in the hole? <laughs> what is like it, I've seen spotted dick in the store. Uh, it's, yeah, what, in a can. So it's in a can. What yeah. is it, though? Is it like some sort of spam kind of weird meat in a can thing? And what is toad in a hole? I don't know what either of these things are. No, spotted dick is like a sponge cake. Okay. Um, and, but it's got, it's really fatty. Okay. And, and I forget what type of, like, it's the kind of thing, if you made it, you, you would put lard in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, I think it's like fat and fruit for the most part. And and that's why they call it spotics. There's these little bits of, of fruit in it. Um, I don't know that why, I don't know where the dick part comes from though. Uh, because it looks like, it looks kind of like a muffin, you know, uh, a muffin or a pound cake or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm actually looking this up to see where that name comes from, but I don't even see it like on the Wikipedia where the dick part comes from. So anyways, it's funny, funny kind of name. And, uh, what is toad in, toad the, in the hole? Toad in the hole is actually quite good. I actually like eating toad in the hole, uh, because the toad that's in the hole is a sausage toad. And I, I like, I like the English sausage well enough. Um, what is, what is it in like a pastry? Yeah. It's kind of like a pastry. I'm, it's been a few years since I've eaten it, but I, I want to say it was almost like sausage in a souffle, like an eggish kind of pastry. Okay. Um, but you know, it's, it's just a savory kind of dish with a funny name. And there are 
a couple dozen things in English cuisine that have ridiculous names. Uh, and they're kind of fun to pull out when you are talking to a Britbong, especially an older Britbong. Uh, so after she <laughs> so, reports you to the police, uh, at what point does it does it land? Because I've been blocked by her on all accounts. I can't blocked. see any of her stuff. I don't know what's going on with her. Because you two are a monster. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's one more really big part to this and it, cause I, it can't be, you know, seven hours of, of, uh, Kathy, but at this point, her people, and she does have, she does have kind of brothers in arms, uh, that, that support her on political stuff. It's a tiny little group, but it's there. Uh, they're seeing this and not seeing the whole conversation, uh, and just thinking, oh, my friend is subject to abuse on Twitter and harassment on Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm going to support her. Uh, somebody links her to the Wikipedia entry for incel. And that changes the tone of this entire discussion. She starts posting about how she's learned what the word incel is. And uh, now she understands what the incel gamer is about and it's a primarily u.s phenomenon and she's dealing with a famous incel gamer meaning me <laughs> right right literally every part of that phrase is wrong <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah i have not really crossed the threshold of fame um i am i am not an incel which, if you've listened to enough episodes, there have been a couple where Mo has has piped in in the background, <laughs> proving that there's a girl in my life. Uh, and the gamer part, like, I really lost it at that point. Like, at that point, I was laughing so hard at every tweet that came in because you know, Kevin, there is nobody probably in your life who knows less about games than me. Mm, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Like, of our age. Yeah, yeah, especially of... Uh, people that I'm I'm close with and friends with, yeah, you do not play games. You're not a I gamer. I don't play games. <laughs> I'm not. I I played some World of Warcraft back in the day, but before that, we were just talking last week about uh, about PS4s and in the next generation console uh, because I have not played a console since the original NES. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to explain to you the difference between PS4. And PS5, which will be coming out uh, at the end of this yeah. year. And you, you literally didn't understand, in. like, well, why, what's going to be better about PS5? I don't get it. Like, you didn't understand console yeah. generation. And I still don't. Yeah, right. I still don't. <laughs> right. Um, and, and even when, like, the three went to four on PlayStation, I, I remember looking at that and thinking, like, you couldn't play Blu rays on the three, could you? Uh, I believe you could, Blu-rays you could play on the three. Yeah, that was part of its original selling point. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. I you couldn't mean, play I, it on I, two. I, two could play DVDs. Two did DVDs. Three right. introduced Blu-ray. And that was how like rudimentary my approach was to these things. As I look at a gaming console that can play a different form of, of like movie and look at that and, and think that's a major upgrade to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the time it was because uh, yeah. Blu-ray players when the PS3 came out were like $700 and you could just buy a PS3 and watch Blu-rays. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. Kathy thinks that you yeah. are a famous incel gamer. And, yes. And yeah, that I, I you're right. That's when it really went to the level of just sheer lunacy where it was like, okay, it's crazy that this person, A, could take something so wrongly, B, be presented with – 
just a treasure trove of information and evidence that like this is not a real thing and like a lo- we're ju- everybody is just kind of having fun here and with all of that goes to the police over this and then yes. concocts kind of like a a group or an association or a label for you and everybody involved to better understand to for her for her to better understand like what's happening to her? Yeah, all of which just why, is crazier and crazier and crazier, and more and more delusional. Right, it gets further from reality and accuracy with each step of this. Yeah, and that's why that's really why I I wanted us to talk about it here because it's such, uh, it's such an amazing example of how that stuff happens on something like Twitter for a lot of people, uh, where with each step, it, it's you know I think. Uh, no, but nobody's going to get this reference. Do you remember Multiplicity with Michael Keaton? Yeah. This was a not good movie that came out in probably like the early 90s. Um, but the, the plot of Multiplicity is that a guy is very busy. He doesn't have enough time to do his work and spend time with his kids and wife and this and that. So he makes a clone of himself. And then that clone gets busy and makes a clone of itself. And then I think there are like four or five generations of clones, each one cloning itself. And it's like, God, nobody's going to get this either. I was going to say making a photocopy of a photocopy. Uh, so uh, it's like it's com- sort of compressing like, compressing uh, an image. It's like a deep fried meme, right? Yeah. Where like eventually it gets yep. more and more compressed and more and more garbled and crappy bef- until it's like unrecognizable. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it, it, at the end of this chain of clones, I, I remember a, a scene where the guy is wearing a boot on his head and tries to pay for something with a slice of pizza he keeps in his wallet. Uh, but that's that's kind of what happened with the truth here, <laughs> where with each step of this, all of a sudden you get someone who is coordinating harassment with 50 people uh, in, a, in a chat or hundreds of people on Twitter, uh, and they're all incel gamers like none of this is true you know i'm sorry that she was stressed out about this and was on the receiving end of 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 insults um which we established at the beginning you know her involvement and and weird kind of aggression at the beginning (laughs) tipped this stuff off uh none of it ever happens if she doesn't go nuclear uh at the at the very beginning uh but all of a sudden, in a space of, of hours, she thinks there is a global army of incel gamers out to get her. Hmm. Welcome to Twitter in 2020. And and she's gone to the police and she's like like contacting representatives. I mean, it got so crazy yeah. so quickly. And this does happen and it is scary. And I don't know, you know, it's there is no takeaway in terms of like what you can do about it but it is so indicative of how some people i don't want to say like shouldn't be on twitter but really can't handle it like if you really cannot understand sort of what's going on and you can take things so wrongly and every step of the way dig the hole deeper deeper and deeper into Mm -hmm. this fantasy world of what's going on that's really really frightening 
And I don't know what any of us can do about that. But people can really just make up their own reality. They can make up their own reality, yes. And they can take action upon others based on a reality that they have created based on just total misunderstanding of events. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure where you're constantly choosing with some selection bias the thing you think is happening here. Uh, where at each stage of the way, it's uh, is this person making fun of me? Uh, is it – I'm going to take one more step back because it just bothers me. I, I want this like on record. I want to say this. The UK is the home of banter, okay? It is like – humanity's epicenter historically of amazing shit talking back and forth they're the best at it it's the funniest thing in the world <laughs> and so uh, this doubly bothers me about this whole scenario because the person is has spent a lifetime at the core of a culture that just does this stuff Right. You know, and when you watch, I was watching a show called Hetty Wainthrop Investigates, which is sort of like Murder She Wrote in the UK uh, in the early 90s. And that uh, one of the um, Dominic Monaghan, who was one of the uh, hobbits in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and he was the musician and lost. It's like his first role. He's like 15 in this show. He's the assistant. Uh, that's how old it is. But. There are exchanges in that show where people are kind of ripping on each other that are equivalent to to what was happening on Twitter. So it's like that level of banter. Uh, and she just did not recognize that. Completely, completely out of touch with it. Uh, but it is making up your own reality where you're looking at it and saying, well, you you make a choice that you look at it. Is this is this banter is this uh, you know maybe somebody being ruder than they they need to be uh which i probably was um but is it is it just banter or is this a hate crime mm -hmm. uh you know is this coordinated harassment she makes the choice that that it's the really bad one of the two is this person just kind of a jerk or is this person uh do they typify like the incel gamer that that makes like a problem online well she chooses the bad one in that scenario too and compounding these misreadings and kind of purposeful bad choices she gets to a result that is just not reality at all and it's one thing to dismiss it as this is a boomer who doesn't get twitter which which it is um but this happens when people write about Twitter and YouTube, too. I mean, the journalists get this wrong. PewDiePie just went through this because he announced that uh, he was taking a break. Now, the dude just got married. He just moved a, a while ago. Uh, he just had his house broken into, which we're going to get to in a minute because that's relevant to topic number two. Um, he's really just slammed out videos all year long. His all pace has been oh, dude, all year long. Uh, he's slammed out videos for like a decade, all decade long. <laughs> right. Forget about uh, his year. frequency. His upload frequency is, is pretty high. Um, my point on it was that 2019 was a, a pretty busy year for him. Uh, and he had plenty of his own problems to deal with. So he announces, I'm going to take a little time off after how long of grinding like a madman. 
and having an eventful year. Well, how many articles did we see that that roughly equated to PewDiePie throws his hands up and quits YouTube? Right. You know, it's it's the same sort of progression where you're looking at each piece of this puzzle, choosing the nuclear option, and then after a couple leaps, you get to you get to a result that just has nothing to do with the original premise. No. And I understand why it happens with articles and with the news because it's clickbait. It's quintessential quick clickbait and outrage clicks. And they are a, all of those companies are businesses that are driven by advertisers and those advertisers, those CPMs that the advertisers pay are based on traffic. And the more traffic that they get, they don't care the quality of the traffic. It just needs to be in abundance. So you have an entire industry online and also like, let's face it on television where they are trying to interpret things as outrageously as possible, as heinously as possible to get people interested and get their attention because what gets your attention more than, you know, fear and outrage and negativity and something to be upset about. Right. So yeah, that's really obvious to me. Uh, and I get that. Unfortunately, it's not really obvious to a lot of people uh, which I think is is frustrates me as somebody who understands what game is being played when you talk about these headlines and these clicks and stuff like that because it is just a game and it is just a business. Pushing that aside as being kind of a gross, icky business, you also just have people, people, just just ordinary people like Kathy who has no she's not playing a game. She has no website no. she's trying to drive clicks to. She's not trying to sell anything. She's not in any business, but she still just as part of her like natural human inclination, I guess, and like survival mechanisms kick in is interpreting things in like the most dangerous way imaginable and altering reality to manifest what she's afraid of. And that is really yes. scary too. Yes, that's absolutely what, that's absolutely the way to describe it. That it, it, you do gravitate, tend to gravitate toward the things like your worst fears, uh, the things that are most worrying to you on the interpretations. In this, um, you know, sorry to, to pop the politics stuff again, but this happens a lot on all sides. Uh, and in all countries, and especially with international stuff, because you know very few people are familiar with with other countries, you know, and even even if you're uh, in Europe or, or uh, even Australia, uh, and, and just seeing the U.S. from from news and things like that, you get a certain interpretation of it. You know, because you're not so immersed into it here in the U.S., it's very difficult to know what's really going on in France. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, that was a tough thing to suss out, and it still is. Um, what's what's obviously happening in the Middle East at this point? Well, we have really limited information on that stuff, and people our age, almost none of them know anything about the Iraq-Iran War that that happened throughout the entire 80s. It was like a nine-year campaign that was a massive war between those two countries. Well, we were too young. Even we were too young. Yeah. 
we weren't processing international relations when we were five. Uh, so, so we don't even have background on, on a lot of this stuff. And so we have super limited information. We constantly have to make leaps from level to level to level to get to an understanding, to get to a conclusion on on what you think about an issue. And it's very, very easy to choose those bad options along the way and wind up at a result that is just wildly inappropriate, you know, and that's nobody is immune from this, whether it's uh, somebody on the left or the right, but it really shows up in international analysis because by default, it's a, a country you probably have no experience with. Right. And most of the information you're receiving about it is largely coming from news organizations whose business it is just to get you uh, to get your attention. So, you know, they're not And they going have to, limited information. And they have limited information and yeah. they're just not necessarily in the business of giving you like a nuanced point of view on anything. It's just it's just not no. how it is. And even when you try to be as nuanced as possible, as accurate as possible, give every possible good faith effort to get to the right result. It's so hard. It's, <laughs> it is, you know, I'm not saying that, that everybody's opinions are invalid or that it's impossible to get to an accurate point, but it's really hard. It's hard. It's all a, the information. It's and a lot of properly. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of investment. People spend their entire lives depending on no matter what sector you're talking about trying to understand some of these complicated things and still are going to have like uh, not a complete picture. Many topics that we've talked to and talked to guests about YouTube topics fall into this category. How often are we guessing at something? M most of the time most we're the making time. an educated guess. Like there is virtually nothing that I know 100% for sure that will work on YouTube. Now I know some things that are 0% sure to work. There are a couple things that I know are going to be horrible, <laughs> but you know, in terms of a positive thing or success, uh, you play the odds, you do the best you can and cross your fingers a little bit. And when we're talking to people who have 10 million subs, like a Quibble cop, you know, he's obviously done a great job and is doing, he's had so many pursuits that have come from that, that have been, uh, that have been good. Um, he's still not mapping out a plan and having it work every time. You know, you make a video, you've made over 400 videos on YouTube, almost 500 maybe. I think so, yeah. And you still have to put a lot of effort into, well, what's in that video, but even little details like what are the titles and, and thumbnails going to be like on this? Yeah, you start there's from There's no scratch. magic formula. No, there's no magic formula for anything. Yeah. And when it comes to... You know, Kathy and Twitter and, and people taking things the wrong way and interpreting things their own way. You know, there's a lot of bubbles that occur. And I think that that leads us into what happened with the New Guy comic. Where That's right. If you're not familiar which, with the New Guy comic. It was about comic, a day before Kathy. These yeah. kind of working in parallel. Yeah, which is yeah. Which so, so fascinating. Yeah, which is why they connected in my mind probably. Because it was like mm -hmm. two examples back to back on Twitter of really bizarre things kind of thought behavior that was very insular and and just inside the, its own bubble. And then once somebody from outside the bubble kind of shines a light on it, I think in both instances, the person in the bubble just kind of made a bubble within the bubble. It wasn't like the bubble burst yeah. and, and either of these people had realizations that were like, oh my gosh, wow, 
uh, I had no idea, you know, X, Y, Z or, or whatever. There was no self-reflection from what I could tell. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on uh, inside the heads of either of these people. But with New Guy, what happened was Oni, who, if you're not familiar with, you know, Oni, Psychic Pebbles, who we talked to on the, on the podcast, um, Oni and Psychic Pebbles had a show, Hellbenders, that they did back in the day together. If you haven't seen Hellbenders, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely look up Hellbenders on YouTube and, uh, you know, laugh, laugh your face off for a while. So Oni, anyway, he is somebody who is largely critical a lot of like the, 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 the animation community, kind of the gaming side of things like he's a pretty large pretty big critic of a lot of things and and people listen to him like let's let's face it like he's not somebody that people ignore like when he comes out and criticizes something people notice so he just tweeted you know it might have been on january 2nd might have been on january 1st the tweet was something like you know a new year just started and it's already ruined i'm paraphrasing but that was that was the gist (laughs) and what 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 he meant by that was he attached a webcomic to that tweet, did not tag the artist, did not tag the creator. So, you know, I, I had no idea who had created this webcomic, where it came from. But the webcomic was about a girl who is at work and she's talking or she's looking at her phone and laughing. And this guy who is wearing a name tag that says new guy, so, you know, presumably the new guy at work, asks her why she's laughing. She responds that she's laughing because, you know, quote, that millionaire gamer bro douche got robbed, which is obviously referring to PewDiePie having his house broken into. But this this is how she refers to him. This millionaire gamer bro douche got robbed, and that's why she's laughing. And new guy, you know, what does he say? He asks her how she would feel if she were robbed, which is a pretty standard, I think, response to somebody laughing at somebody else's misfortune. You say, you know, put yourself, why don't you walk a mile in that person's shoes sort of deal? It's a very, very old adage is if something bad happens to somebody else, you're the, the the least you could do is put yourself in their situation before kind of, um, you know, laughing at their misfortune. Taking two seconds to empathize or at least try to empathize is generally good policy. <laughs> it's something that we are taught from a very young age. I think, you know, cross-culturally that that is generally a good way to go when you want to be a decent member of society. Yeah, it's like uh, I was at I was at Walmart the other day. And here's an example of the simplicity of this kind of thing. You see uh, somebody who's like four feet, nine inches tall, trying to reach something on the top shelf. Well, you can like laugh at little Yoda trying to get this box of cereal. (laughs) 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 Or you can say, actually, yeah, there there are some pretty practical problems that come from (laughs) from being very short. Or when I'm on a plane, I I actually feel really bad about this when I'm on a plane – and uh, I see somebody bored. I see a guy who's like six six, and there's always some like NBA level height guy who's on every flight in the world who you know has his knees mashed up into his chin uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> in his economy seat. And I look at that and I think uh, this happened when in December. You know, I had like a 
a nine hour flight. And I looked at this guy going back in economy and I'm like, oh, this has to be the longest nine hours of this tall dude's life. Mm. <laughs> like, what a terrible thing. And it's not a big deal. It's just you consider for two seconds <laughs> that things might be shitty for somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, and in the case of Yoda trying to reach for, you know, the golden grams on the top shelf, <laughs> you help him or her. Yes. You just help you them. You, you get it for it. them if you can reach it. I, I've done that a billion times at the supermarket, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not even tall. So <laughs> for someone shorter than me, to, uh, like, I'll help them no matter what, always, because I feel their pain <laughs> for being vertically challenged. But so what happens next in the comic is, okay – you know, the guy asks her, new guy asks her, you know, how would you feel if you were robbed? She immediately responds by sarcastically saying something like, I can tell that you and I are going to be good friends. Okay. That's what she says in response to him asking her to be, to, to consider for a second that, you know, getting robbed, whether you're a millionaire or a gamer bro douche or not, is not awesome. She as yes. she says, I sarcastically, I can tell we're going to be good friends. He doesn't know it's sarcastic. Yeah, the, the kind of the kind of coworkers who who become good friends. I just had to pull it up because I couldn't remember the frame. It's crazy because this is a four frame comic. There's not a lot to this. This is not some graphic novel, but a whole lot happens in these four frames, doesn't it? So so he doesn't understand it's sarcasm, and he's what does he say? He says really or something like that. Yeah, wow, really. And he's standing there with with a smile. You know, he's wearing this apron that has a tag that says new guy and he's just taking it as a sincere compliment. Yeah, and of course, you know, the final panel is her dismissing him completely, saying no. Right? Hell no, she says. Oh, hell, hell no. no. Okay. There you go. Hell no. So, Oni tweets this and it exploded within 24 hours. Okay, here's why this was so interesting to me, why I wanted to talk about it. Within 24 hours, there were, I think, 55,000 tweets about this comic. Okay? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was like, it was trending. It was trending on Twitter. Yeah. New Guy was trending on Twitter because artists from all over the world had adopted new guy as kind of like this meme of being a good person, being a nice person, being like a generally person. decent yeah. person. Yeah. An empathetic person. And all of a sudden we're creating memes and, and original artwork and their own comics championing the new guy. And all of a sudden he's like, you know, like the nicest guy in the world and they're pitting him in all these different scenarios where new guy gets to be, a good person. And it was fascinating because people didn't go the other way. Okay. They could have just as easily turned her character into a meme and pit her character into scenarios where she was being like needlessly insensitive or crude or rude or heartless about different situ situations and turning kind of like the negative into the joke. But instead, they right. pulled the, po the the one positive element out of the comic and kind of amplified that and celebrated that in a really positive way. And it turned into this really like fun, wholesome meme. 
Yeah, I will say that eventually people did start to to get a little saucy with the new guy memes. <laughs> uh, I didn't to, know uh, that. To reference Wang again, yeah, there's a there's a Wang tweet about how when it was after that 24 hour period where this had exploded on trending, uh, he tweeted something about like I can't believe there isn't like Rule 34 porn of new guy already. Uh, which if you're not familiar with Rule 34, it's that if it exists on the internet, there is porn of it. That's that's what. Uh, that rule is, uh, but, but yeah, you mentioned it being in trending. It was kind of funny because you'd showed this to me when, right when Oni tweeted it, it hadn't been there long at all. Uh, and it hadn't blown up really. Um, but the next day I woke up and in trending, I see new guy. And I actually thought that there must have been a spinoff from the TV show, new girl. Because mm. uh, it had tens of thousands of tweets, I'm like, "Well, it's a new, it's January, it's a new year. Whatever network, I think it's Fox that that does New Girl, but whatever network that is must have a, a reboot of this show called New Guy." And I'm just like, "Oh, I bet that show sucks." <laughs> and so I start clicking around Twitter, and that's when I realized I, uh, that New Guy was on his name tag. I didn't know. I asked you, didn't I? Yeah, you asked. I remember me. shooting you a message on Slack, like, hey, "What the hell is New Guy?" <laughs> Yeah, you're like, I don't get this. I was like, it's this comic. He's the new guy. It says that on his apron, on his name tag, he's new guy. And the the reason this ties into the Kathy discussion for me is like there were there's like a few levels of just not understanding things outside of your bubble with that for, first with the comic and then I and then I think with the response afterwards. Unless although I don't want to be too definitive on saying that because I I don't know the girl who did this comic. I don't know what she's really yeah. been saying since then. So I don't want to – I did see a few others for, uh, from her that, that have kind of a similar mood um, that – yeah, they, they get to a place where a lot of people would look at it and say, well, that's, that's the wrong response. And uh, uh, I think it was Lucy in our, our Discord uh, made the point that – it and i'm trying to i hope i'm paraphrasing her point properly but it it wasn't so much that the artist was advocating that response as showing that it's a thought process that people have like not necessarily endorsing it but um but that you could empathize with that point of view as well and say well here's where the angst is coming from you know th this is how uh you know somebody's upset and that's kind of bottled up uh and coming out through this this comic so i think that's that's valid too uh, mm -hmm. that dismissing the the girl in the new guy comic as just being this kind of crude monstrous person who who doesn't care that somebody's life was upended by robbery and this and that just because they probably have it pretty good otherwise you know that's that's just a piece of it um but there are a lot of people who default to that kind of thing because they've had terrible experiences you know, in their lives that make them choose kind of that way of looking at it and so that was pretty interesting to me that there is empathy on both sides but but i didn't i didn't get the sense in that part in the in the new guy comic that that was so much of, of what the artist was going for. I think it was really saying that new guy was a crappy person. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that, that people could not have a whole lot of sympathy for PewDiePie getting robbed because they're saying, well, you know, what is a guy who has 
tens of millions of dollars really going to lose uh, by by that. And I think the reason that the comic resonated so differently is that it was more there was more to it than that. And that's because this person is talking to the new guy, okay? It's not her friend. It's not somebody that she's buddies with and they're like in their, you know, she has a friend over and they're in their bedroom, like, you know, and they're like, they have a long history. They know, they know each other. This is a random person at work. This is a new person at work. So first of all, if you've ever been the new guy or the new girl or the new person at work, it is so anxiety ridden. It is horrible. (laughs) You feel so out of place. I don't care if you are starting your first job as a server or as a legal secretary or uh, who, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're cooking uh, on the line at, you know, McDonald's. It doesn't matter. You're the new guy. You are the new guy at Vsauce at one point. Yeah, and well, you've got to navigate this relationship with with Michael, who you didn't know well at all at that point. You, you know, you you worked with him a little bit, made a couple of videos, uh, whatever. But but eventually, uh, you're tied into a thing where you're feeling each other out and figuring out how to go about any of it. I, I'm sure it was the same for everybody who's been added on you know, to Vsauce over time like that. Like, and I felt that way. I remember talking to you, um, when, when I started working with you and I knew you for a long time. So there was no anxiety there. Uh, that was totally gone. And still you're just in a new situation with some people you don't know. So how do you write this email? How do you ask this question? Do you even ask this question? You second guess like every breath you take. And it's not because any of those people are difficult to work with or difficult personalities. That has nothing to do with it. It's just because it's all new. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean every step of the way. It doesn't mean that you're like an overly anxious person or you're a weirdo no. or like you're socially awkward. It's just the way nope. it is for absolutely everybody. Whether, whether, you know, when you're the new person at work or you're the new person on a sports team or you're the new person at school, you, you whatever, it's always yep. really, really awkward. And it takes a while to get comfortable. And in this comic, this girl is treating this new guy just abhorrently in my point from my point of view, because she is assuming so many things about this guy. She's assuming that he should also first of all, she's assuming that he knows who PewDiePie is, which maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's not even into YouTube. Like not everybody knows who PewDiePie is. Then she's assuming on top of that, that if he does know who PewDiePie is, that she would think it's really funny that he got robbed. And maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does know who PewDiePie is. Maybe he doesn't like PewDiePie. He knows who he is. He doesn't like the guy. He thinks he's a bad person and still doesn't think it's right to laugh at the misfortune of somebody you don't like. Okay. That's a a possible scenario here. But she dismisses all of that. And when, you know, the new guy who she doesn't know, she has no baseline of experiences with, she doesn't know anything about this person, asks, you know, how would you like to be robbed? Immediately cuts him off from 
being friends with, you know, or even like having a work relationship, I think, with this guy yeah. forever. Which so you now you have to suppress that stuff. Dude, like now, in that now, work relationship, how many, how many bitter pills have you swallowed at different jobs where a million you, yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily like the conversations you have with people you work with, or you would never make them part of your life outside work, but you just swallow it and ignore it and do your job and keep things as cordial and collegial as can be for the sake of the job and the company and the restaurant, whatever it is. And just having to work with this person, you know, all the time for the foreseeable future. Like you have to get along just to not go crazy with the people that you work with or else it's going to go really badly, really quickly. And I want to point out too that she didn't just dismiss him; she lured him in with like, the, you know, fake agreeing with him, and then gave him a kick to the balls. <laughs> right. You know, so it's like, yeah, oh, I can tell we're going to be uh, the type of coworkers who become really good friends. Really? No. No. Hell no. No. no just kidding. Lol. Yeah, so there was that extra step that 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 part really is unnecessary. It would have been well, it wouldn't have been much of a comic. Um, I guess a, a little three framer if if she just kind of crapped on him from the get go. But adding that's what made me think it's a little bit mean spirited in creating this comic because there's that frame where all that's happening is giving him a false sense of taking him seriously. Just to set him up so that the fall from that is that much greater. Well, and that's what I think the deeper element of why that comic blew up and why it resonated so well with people is. Like, I don't think it's just this surface level of, well, you know, she thinks that just because you're a millionaire or, you know, if you're a, a, a presumed to be a bad person. That it's funny to laugh at their misfortunes. It's not that. I mean, it is that a little bit, but I think the deeper part of it is being so narcissistic and rude to the new guy and being like (laughs) so mean to this person who has nothing to do with PewDiePie, has nothing to do with, with... with anything, and you're just being horrible, absolutely horrible to this the new guy at work for no reason. You know, it's one thing. It's one thing to rip on PewDiePie and have no sympathy for him. It's something else when new guy is is not. I do not get the sense that new guy is is much of a Chad. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. He he looks like a grown up version of like a Nickelodeon character from the nineties. Yeah. It's like uh, a big oaf. Yeah. 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 With a goofy smile. And I, I don't know any multimillionaires who walk around with an apron and a name tag. So he's probably not terribly privileged either. We're reading in a lot to the life of new guy in four frames, but, but he's also being paid safe. entry level, uh, pay at probably this job. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. To assume that he's just a dude. He's just a guy working uh, and is like mundane and normal. And and that's the extent of new guy. Uh, and, and she goes out of her way to kind of rip on him and, and criticize 
what he the approach that he's taking to this scenario. And that's the really fascinating part to me is I look at this and just think, what is your worldview when you hate the people at the very top and you hate the people on your level too? When there's resentment that permeates your interactions and your processing of information with the people who are both probably very privileged and have a nice life and the ones who are doing the exact same thing that you are. And you're ripping them because they don't know what you know. They don't believe exactly what you believe about the things that you know. And for that reason, they are written off as being like a garbage person. And I think yep. that's the scary thing that comes across to me a lot on Twitter, just to kind of bring it back to Twitter and to bring it back to Kathy, is the amount of vitriol and writing off of people and blocking people that I see simply by people who are upset at others for not knowing exactly what they think they know and like, I don't know, just kind of parroting, parroting back those beliefs or those understandings. It's like, why even bother being on Twitter or having discussions <laughs> if 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 you hate everybody who doesn't just say exactly what you're saying that seems odd it, it it does go both ways too and that is what you just described about not knowing not having the information about what somebody else is is thinking or what they believe that's exactly what i did wrong that's why i was so wrong about say ratcheting up the absurdity and having that not work because I was totally, I was totally unfamiliar with how this woman was processing Twitter and the exchange. I didn't know that she would be so literal about it. I didn't, I didn't know that there's no way that she would look at what's effectively banter and, and take it extremely seriously. Um, I didn't know. And it, to be fair, it, there's really no way that I would um, because with – I couldn't even really go to an account like that. And you know, if you scroll down, it's going to be like 50 uh, retweets about the, uh, the leadership election for labor. I mean it doesn't give me a whole lot of insight into uh, how she processes anything. It just tells me she likes labor. Uh, but yeah, there's this asymmetry in – than what you know about other people. And it's always there. We talked and laughed about how her asymmetry was so bad that she thinks it's, it's like a hate fueled incel gaming culture. You know, well, she got to the wrong result. Well, my information was so bad that, uh, that this whole thing escalated because I didn't, I, I really didn't know who I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the type of person or how it would play out. Um, that asymmetry is constantly there. It's what you're describing with, with what's happening in the new guy comic, you know, and she assumes that new guy is, is a bad person. He doesn't assume that she is a bad person, right? He even asks, how he, you know, he's, he's answering, well, how would you feel if this happened? She's, or he's not assuming straight away that 
it's impossible for her to consider it that way because she's a monster. He's at least taking the time to get more information. Now, I understand his question is kind of rhetorical. It's not fact-finding here. But at the same time, he's getting more information, and she is locked down to getting any more information. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you have this weird reaction from one party and uh, a pretty disappointed guy. I'm, I'm going to switch tabs here so I can see his face again. Uh, yeah, he's not in the final frame. And that artistically was really interesting to me. Um, you know, I am not, uh, I'm not in the artistic community at all. That's not really my game. Uh, visual stuff is not, not, not great for me. I can't draw at all. Uh, I don't, I don't think in visual terms, I think in words and numbers. Um, but the fourth frame of this comic is just her standing there saying, hell no, you don't see how the new guy reacts to that. You don't get to see if he's frowning, if he's surprised, if he's disappointed, if he's embarrassed, if he's angry. No clue. She didn't put him in. She left his reaction, which is the next logical step in this this progression of their conversation, is she makes her hell no point, and he's got to deal with that in some way, and we don't have any clue how he reacts. Because she doesn't care. She, she doesn't care. She has effectively hit the block button to this guy in real life. Yes. Yes. She blocked him. She blocked him from work. I have blocked you. You do not think about things exactly how I think about things. You do not react how exactly I want you to react. So you are blocked. And I really think that that, that is why the, why it blew up. Not really because of the PewDiePie thing. I think that was a very surface level reason for it. I think that what it kind of represented of the type of person who you see all over Twitter in particular, for some reason it just uh, – why is Twitter like that? It really, really <laughs> is the only platform that just is rife with this type of person. I. I don't use some of the others very much, okay? So, like, I never got into Instagram. I never did Snapchat. I never went on Reddit. Um, did not go on Tumblr. Uh, Pre-old Tumblr or new Tumblr, just no no tumbling is my scene, right? Um, but I, I think it's a character limit, you know? I think uh, just you get this one little shot to have your reaction and it's so easy to just flip the switch to off uh, and, and be dismissive when that's the case. It's also really easy, just as easy to appear to celebrate something wholeheartedly when, when you don't have like complete and total support for it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that goes both ways, but, but you're right that it pops on there a lot more often. It's so much easier to block and mute and, not see somebody, uh, you know, if, if you unfollow somebody on Twitter, the odds that you're going to see their material again are extremely low. You know, on Facebook, I've unfriended people because I'm just not interested in what they talk about anymore, but I still see them in replies to other people. Um, I see things that have been 
shared by mutual friends on Facebook, I encounter them with some frequency, even though I'm not following them anymore. But on Twitter, if I unfollow somebody, like, they drift off into the abyss for, like, pretty much 99.9% of what happens. Only occasionally will I see their name in a sea of replies or, like, and this does happen in small communities like something akin to education policy where there are not a million people tweeting about it. There's one guy who who's fairly prolific and, and famous in that category who I, I just ran my course. I don't want to see his stuff anymore. I'm not just I'm just not into it. And only maybe once a month do I see retweets of, of him, even though he's very popular and a bunch of people are talking about his stuff. <sighs> Yeah, it's but it's so easy to to just flip the switch on somebody and they're gone. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's more about people not wanting to ever be criticized. I don't know. We're, we're, I would love to revisit this uh, in depth. We're running we're running super long here because I think you and I could talk Twitter stuff all day because we're on there all the time. And and both this really is our New Year's in, gift to everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I would like to revisit this topic for sure. And maybe when we have Oni on and we can talk to him um, about the new guy comic and all the stuff he's working on, I'm sure he'll have some insight into what he sees here. But I mean, there, there's a whole Be- subsection of Twitter who like, are proud proponents of what we're talking about, who are proud proponents yeah. of immediately block anybody who like even mildly kind of disrupts or interjects in in a way that you find harmful or irritating, I guess. I I know we're running long, but there's such a critical little point in the Kathy saga that I left out. At one point, she claims that she's blocked over 200 people uh, after the Wang retweets and, and people are okay boomering her in replies. She's blocked over 200 people and that the vast majority of them were me. So she thought that I had made literally hundreds of Twitter accounts to reply to her. And at that point, that's when I realized, okay, this person really doesn't get how any of this works because that's just not even, that's not even possible. You can't do that. Uh, And you certainly can't do it on command. You'd have to have that network ready to go and some pretty hefty scripts uh, to run it, especially when they're not all tweeting the same thing. Uh, But but that was that mentality that you just mentioned why I just brought it up because she looks at, I'm going to block every single person who has interacted with me about this thing. Can you imagine blocking hundreds of people in a day and, you know, she, and, and even yeah, running that, I, I forget the, what the little service is called, but you know, you can block somebody and it auto blocks anybody who follows them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of the name of that tool, but a lot of people swear by that. And and I've encountered it too, where somebody will quote tweet a thing and, and I'm blocked. I'm like, how am I blocked? I've, I don't have a clue who this person is. Mm-hmm. I've never interacted with them at all. And it's because I followed somebody they didn't like. Well, professionally, from before YouTube and in current YouTube, I follow a lot of people who even I don't like. <laughs> because you've right. got you've got to know what they're talking about and and what's going on with them because you know they matter and they're important the fact that I don't want to hang out with them doesn't make any difference it's just 
informational stuff. And so, you know, I'm following political accounts on the left and the right. It doesn't matter where I am. I'm following YouTubers in, in, uh, different spheres that, that I don't watch. Sorry guys, but I don't wake up in the morning and watch like binge makeup tutorials. However, there are several people in the makeup community and YouTube who I really want to follow because what they're doing is important and I need to keep track of that. If, if there's some spat, like there's been plenty of makeup drama in 2019, you know, really fantastic uh, stuff between the personalities in there. Well, if somebody takes a side in that, uh, whether it's uh, Tady Westbrook or Jeffree Star or whatever, and they decide anybody who follows this person is a monster, they're an enemy, they're on the other team, then then I get blocked. Like this is no way to process the internet, right? Like that that broad brush is is really crazy. But that's an extreme example of how people are doing exactly what you're saying. Well, you just flip the block switch. Sometimes it sets off a chain block switch where hundreds or thousands of people are going to get blocked and you've, you've cut yourself off from an entire perspective, point of view, worldview, any of it. Yeah, purposefully so that you can just stay locked into whatever it is that you've already thought. It's like here – I've, I, you know, I'm, I'm 19 years old and, and this is as far as I'm going to go with, with the, uh, you know, the, the thought processes and the perspectives. And from, from here on out, I will only interact and engage and read with those who have, you know, the same amount of thought processes that I've had so far in my 19 years. That's good enough for me. And that's how I'm going to go about the rest of my life. Like that seems weird. It's weird. It's weird. And I, I know we're on an epic here, but I want to throw 30 seconds at the end on a little shout out uh, to to uh, somebody who's been in our Discord, Story by Phil. He's on Twitter, at Story – I think it's at Story by Phil. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because I just think of him as Phil. But he's got a podcast uh, that actually touches on some Create Unknown level stuff where he's doing a daily podcast through 2020. Uh, where it's just little bits, like eight, 10 minutes on a topic uh, every single day. And he's been talking about it in the Discord and, and on Twitter, and it's really cool to see. And that's something that I want us to to focus on in all the episodes that we do on the Create Unknown is talking about what our community is doing. You know, uh, I, I want to go into a little detail about uh, Keaton from the Baby Gangs uh, podcast on the next episode that we do. He's doing some really cool stuff and he's been doing it for a while. But Phil has these little bits where he talks about things like uh, the, the 10,000 hour rule, you know, that you need to put 10,000 hours into something to be an expert at it. Um, uh, or uh, just different discussions about generating ideas and the creative process. I, I think if if you like listening to us uh, talk about these topics. Um, you know, we're long form. Phil is, is quick bites of short form. Uh, so check it out. Check out his, uh, story by Phil, uh, Twitter account and story by Phil.com is also his website as the podcast links. So check him out. And, and again, uh, we have such a good community of people making stuff. Uh, it's over the, the holiday break as we, as we didn't, you know, have an episode because holiday break, uh, 
everybody else was at home kind of grinding. It was cool to see. They were on school breaks and work breaks and this and that. And it's like, oh, we have more time for our creative thing. And I really got a sense of how much is going on within the Create Unknown community. Uh, so if you've got some a project like that, uh, shoot us a tweet and tell us about it so it's on our radar because it's really amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. 2020, the year of making stuff. All right. Uh, thanks for uh, sitting here with us. I know this was a little longer than, than normal, but <laughs> once you get us going on Twitter, it's hard to get us to stop. We're going to have some interviews coming up for you soon, hopefully. And uh, until next time, well, then we will just see you, Space Cowboys. Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. If you liked what you heard, and I certainly hope that you did, please subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave us a review on Podchaser and Apple Podcasts. Those reviews really go a long way. While you're at it, you can also watch the video version of this show on youtube.com slash thecreateunknown. Check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. You can get the full episode. You can join the Idea Baby Gang, become one of the known access creator services. There's a lot going on on our Patreon. It's all part of phase three of TCU. So go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Follow us on social media. We tweet at createunknown. We're on Facebook and Instagram at thecreateunknown. You can follow me, Matt, and the show on Podchaser for podcast updates. You can also find a link to our Discord in the show notes. We love our Discord because we get to talk to you and you get to talk to us. So join our Discord. Our website is thecreateunknown.com. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production. We've been your hosts, Kevin Lieber and Matt Tabor. Check out what we do on YouTube at Vsauce2 and on Twitter at KevLieb and Tabor TCU. Links in the show notes. This episode was edited by Zalgaloo. Our theme song is by the incredible Mega Drive. Special thanks to Paula Lieber, Mo Lewitt. Until next time, see ya, Space Cowboys.